Psalms chapter 4, moving right through, trying to get through the end of uh, verse 18 tonight, if we can. The Bible says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of the archangel, with a trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now here's a, I think this is important, and uh, I know it's important because it has to do with the very next event on the timeline of you and me, and that's the rapture of the church, all right? And I think if our kids were put in front of this every single day possible till Jesus comes back, to give them a good perspective on things. Uh, first thing you want to notice here, it's the Lord himself, amen? It's not the spirit that's coming down uh, to get us out of here. It's not anybody else. It's the Lord himself, and he descends from heaven with a shout. We said this last week, but I want to cover it again. Uh, what I believe you're going to hear uh, in Revelation chapter 4, uh, verse 1, Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, I think what you're going to hear is uh, come up hither. All right, now there's that donut. I was wondering where that donut went, and there it is. But what you're going to hear, you can find that in Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. You're going to hear come up hither, but before you hear that, you're going to hear your name, your name. And if you take your Bible, uh, I'm sure you got Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, but I want you to look at John chapter 10. John chapter 10, I want you to put these two together. Uh, I believe you're going to hear your name, your name, and uh, that's John chapter 10. And uh, you're also going to hear, come up hither, come up hither. Um, and the reason, if he said just come up hither, then everyone that's breathing there would have to come up hither. He's got to clarify that thing. And uh, Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, you see that thing come up hither. I believe also it's in 11, 12 of the same book there. But in John chapter 10, notice what he says here. Verse 2, but he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Verse 3, to him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and then what does he do? Leadeth them out. You see it? It's right there. All right? He calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. So when that thing goes off, uh, you're going to hear a shout. And we'll talk about the that shout and the voice of the archangel in just a little bit. Uh, but in Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, he says, Come up hither. And John, of course, is a type and picture of what? John's a type and picture of the church. He's a type of the church. Type and picture of the church. And he tells John to what? Come up hither. And uh, that shout is always equated with the phrase, come up hither. Uh, you also have to remember that shout can also be equated with the trumpet. First uh, Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52, it says, the last trump. And in Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, when John hears Jesus Christ talking, it sounds like a trumpet. Uh, look at Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. We'll read that verse so you can see it. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible says, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me. You see that? That voice is equivocated with a trumpet, all right? And uh, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. All right, so who is the voice? Go back to Revelation chapter 1, verse 10. You're going to see whose voice it is. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 10. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 1 verse 10, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And that not, has nothing to do with Sunday. 
has nothing to do with Sunday. The Lord's Day is talking about the day of the Lord there. The Lord's Day, and heard behind me a great voice as of a what? Trumpet. And so the voice there, or the sound that he hears, it's not a trumpet, it's a trump. All right? And a trump is a noise that's made by a trumpet. Many people will say, well, we're waiting for a trumpet. I understand we preach that from time to time. But you know what? Uh, so when they, if you say you're waiting for a trumpet, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to start looking for trumpets in the Bible. You see that? And you start looking for trumpets in the Bible, and you find seven of them in the book of Revelation. And because 1 Corinthians 15, where he says at the last trump, they assume that you're going to go all the way through the tribulation period. You see that? Because they say the last trump, and they go, oh, well, there's seven trumpets in Revelation, and that means we're all going through the tribulation, which you're not. Uh, you're not and, and they say you're not going to be raptured until after the tribulation period, and that's... Uh, it, it, and, and it's not the last trumpet. It says the last trump. And that's the last noise that is made. And you want to get that down. And it could be that there's a voice from heaven. That's the Lord's voice. And that voice comes out like a trumpet, he said. And then there's the trump of God in 1 Thessalonians 4.16. And that's the noise that God makes. Um, that's the second one. Now look at Numbers chapter 10. I want to show you a type and picture here. Numbers chapter 10. Type and picture this thing. Numbers chapter 10. And while you're turning there, you remember when Joshua hit the battle of Jericho, he walked around that wicked city, which is a type of Babylon, right? And on the seventh day, uh, the seventh time around, they blew the trumpet, right? And the last trumpet fell, and that's exactly how it is in the book of Revelation. When Babylon falls, it's after the last trumpet. All right? But that's all Israel, and that whole thing's Jewish. So you can't tie it to the church. But there is a type in the Old Testament in Numbers 10 that may apply here. And of course, uh, 10 is what? 10 is a Gentile number, isn't it? All right, so the type is there. It's a type and picture. You've got to remember, types in the Bible aren't perfect. But they, uh, they fit on a lot of occasions. Look at uh, chapter 10, verse 2. He says, make thee two trumpets of silver. And of course, silver is the metal for redemption, right? Of a whole piece thou shalt make them, that thou mayest use them for the calling of the assembly and for the journeying of the camp. So two trumpets. One was for the calling of the assembly. So in type, there is the church, the called out assembly. You see that? And the second one for the journeying of the camps. So there may be a break in between. No clue, idea of time. Notice in verse 3, And when they shall blow with them, all the assembly shall assemble themselves to thee at the door of the tabernacle, of the congregation. So I don't know. It might be like those bodies in Matthew 27, 52, or it says many of the saints which slept arose and they went into the city. I'm not sure. Maybe there's a time period in between the first and last trump. Maybe there is. Maybe there isn't. The scripture's not clear on it. Uh, but notice in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 with me, uh, this is where it gets sticky for some people. Uh, this is where it gets sticky and some people, uh, they just they don't understand the thing. But look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51, as we break it down. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to help you understand the scriptures. We're not trying to confuse you. We're not trying to trick you. We're trying to give you scripture with scripture. Amen? 1 Corinthians 15, 51. And by the way, that's what will help you. My opinion ain't going to help you. The book will help you. And you being able to see these verses and at least take a note and write the thing down, uh, the Holy Spirit will give you the understanding on it. First Corinthians 15, 51, he says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. That's death, right? 
but we shall all be changed, those that are alive. 52, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last, you see that? That's the noise that a trumpet makes. That has nothing to do with the Jewish feast or the end of Rosh Hashanah or all that baloney there. But in order to have a last trump, you've got to find the first. Uh, and that is for the gathering together of the assembly. So, maybe he blows one for the dead to arise, and then the last we all go out together, maybe, maybe not. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 52. It says, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And that's the ones that are dead that have been raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. He's talking about those that are alive. Verse 53, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, those that are dead, and this mortal, that's us that are alive at his coming, must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, that's death, and this mortal, alive, shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory, those that are already dead. He says in 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Simply meaning not all of us are going to go to the grave. You see that? Some of us will be alive at his coming. And he always delineates between the two in that passage. He does the same thing in John chapter 11, verse 26. Uh, in John chapter 11, verse 26, he mentions the dead first. And then he mentions the living. And in 1 Thessalonians, he says, the dead in Christ shall rise first. You want to get that down. The dead in Christ go up first. And in 1 Corinthians 15, he, he says the dead first and then the living. Uh, the old timers would say this. It goes like this. Uh, if you're alive when he returns, you won't see the clouds, you'll see the clouds. Amen. All right, and that's what takes place. There's two trumps that are apparently blown. And uh, now let me give you some information on the voice of the archangel. Uh, it says in 1 Thessalonians 4.16, the voice of the archangel. And I'm sure most of you know who that archangel is. Who is it? It's Michael. Look at, uh, look at uh, Daniel chapter 12. The archangel is Michael. And here's another thing, interesting thing, we want to help you put together to help you understand that you're not going through the tribulation. And uh, you're going to find out here in Daniel chapter 12. And once you get Daniel chapter 12, I want you to grab the book of Jude. That's right before Revelation. There's only one chapter. So we're going to grab Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. And then we're going to grab the book of Jude. And I want you to see these two things together. All right, Dan, chapter 12, verse 1, the Bible says, And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people. Let me ask you this. Who's the children of thy people? It's Israel. So Michael, the archangel, he stands for who? He stands for Israel. Pretty clear, isn't it? The children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation even at the same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, talking about Israel, everyone that should be found written in the book. Now look at Jude chapter 9, only one chapter, uh, verse 9 rather. Uh, here you get the identification, Jude 1, 9. All right, yet Michael, the archangel, you see it, there it is. When contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation. But said the Lord, rebuke thee. So Michael, probably one of the most powerful beings in the heavens, he wouldn't even argue with the devil. So now you know all these charismaniacs and all these nut jobs that are trying to rebuke the devil. Well, Michael, uh, he, wouldn't even, he wouldn't even bring a railing accusation against the devil. You see that? 
and uh, you shouldn't either. Not back to 1 Thessalonians 4.16. It says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. You see that? So that voice of the archangel, that's Michael. All right? With the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Verse 17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So the trump of God is not necessarily a trumpet. You can't use it as a trumpet to say you're going to go through the tribulation period. And that's where a lot of people get mixed up, and that's where they hang themselves doctrinally. Anyways, the last trumpet in the book of Revelation is the place, if you look at that thing, it's the place where tribulation saints go out. And you're not appointed unto wrath, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9, and you ain't going through it. That's something different altogether. But since we, the bride of Christ, were not appointed unto the wrath, we don't go through the time of Jacob's trouble. And that's what uh, that thing is referring to. But notice this thing here. If the trump of God is blown, right? We say that figuratively. But that thing goes, and immediately you've got Michael, the archangel's voice, and he stands for Israel. Here's where the thing goes together. The church goes, and next thing you know, Michael shows up, which stands for who? Do you see what I'm saying? We're out of here. Then Michael shows up. He stands for the people of Israel. He ushers in Daniel's 70th week. He stands for Israel, and that tribulation period kicks off, but we're already gone. All right, you've got to determine and make a delineation between the second advent and the rapture of the church to make sure it's clear. And that's important to understand. Uh, The church is not appointed unto the wrath. We don't go through the time of Jacob's trouble. It's not called the church's trouble, but it's Jacob's trouble, and that's Israel. All right, now I want to take you just a couple minutes and walk you through this voice. And I want to give you a couple things to consider. Uh, voice in four verse six, uh, chapter, uh, 1 Thessalonians 4.16, it talks about the voice and uh, some things that will happen at the rapture. And here's the thing. You'll hear a voice, but it'll sound like thunder. That's the whole thing. Look at John chapter 12 for a second. Grab John chapter 12. I want to try to help you understand this voice. John chapter 12. And we'll also see Acts chapter 22. We're going to look for thunder. And we're also going to look for some lightning. And you've got to remember that Elijah went up into a whirlwind. And a lot of these things uh, we'll cover. They're just speculative, but it's worth looking at. But even scientifically, if you stop and think about lightning, uh, when lightning strikes, something goes up before it comes down. And that's scientific. And actually, lightning's hollow. So in my estimation, the Lord will create a tunnel or a vacuum and blast you out of here before the wrath comes down. You see that? Look at John 12, 27 to 29. I'll show this to you. There's a voice or the shout. He says, now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? This is Jesus speaking. Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. You see that? What did they hear when God the Father spoke? They heard thunder. Uh, Others said an angel spake to him. All right, so we know when the Lord speaks, we can expect to hear what? Thunder. I mean, think about it. Even the old-timers had more sense than we do. Back in the old days, uh, when it was uh, a storming outside, they used to say, now be quiet, the Lord's talking. 
wonder where they got that from. They got it from the King James Bible. That's the voice of the Lord. All right, <clears throat> so we know when the Lord speaks, we can expect to hear thunder, right? Again, that's what the Bible says. At the rapture, you'll hear your name called out, and at the rapture, you will come up hither. But the other people all around here, you know what they'll hear? Thunder. Uh, look at Acts 22. Let's look at it in this manner. Acts chapter 22, verse 6. Acts 22, 6. Now the voice of God comes across like thunder. Now there's a lot in that thunder and lightning thing there. Acts chapter 22, verse 6, the Bible says, And it came to pass that as I made my journey, Paul's given his account on the Damascus road here, and was come nigh to Damascus about noon, suddenly uh, there shone from heaven a great, great light round about me. And I fell into the ground, heard a voice, hear the voice, saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And I answered, who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. And they, were, uh, they that were with me saw me indeed the light, and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him that spake to me. What they heard was thunder. And that's exactly uh, what you'll hear at that time. That his voice is as thunder. Take your Bible, come to Job chapter 37. This stuff's wild. Job 37, the voice of God comes across like thunder. But the only thing out there uh, enough to shake the daylights out is you a good old thunderstorm. Job 37.1. Look at this. Job says that this also my heart trembleth and is moved out of his place. Two, hear attentively the noise of his voice and the sound that goeth out of his mouth. He directeth under the whole heaven and his lightning unto the ends of the earth. After it a voice roareth, he thundereth with the voice of his excellency. And he will not stay them. You see that? He will not prevent them from coming up. He'll keep them down when his voice is heard. God thundereth marvelously with his voice. Great things doeth he which we cannot comprehend. Go backwards one chapter to Job 36. Pick it up in verse 29. This stuff's wild. The voice of God is like thunder. Job 36, 29, also can any understand the spreadings of the clouds or the noise of his tabernacle? Behold, he spreadeth his light upon it and covereth the bottom of the sea. For by them judgeth he the people, he giveth meat in abundance. With clouds he covereth the light and commandeth it not to shine by the cloud that cometh betwixt. The noise thereof, there's your thunder again, showeth concerning it the cattle also concerning the vapor. So you see it has to do with thunder. Look back to verse 8, same chapter. He bindeth up the waters in his thick clouds, and the cloud is not rent under them. He holdeth back the face of his throne and spreadeth his cloud upon You see what he just said about heaven right there? You know why you can't see it? Because he's holding it back. You ever stop and think about the beautiful northern lights? You say, what is that? I think that's the third heaven shining out like a prism. Well, you know, it's the gas and this and that. Yeah, they're full of gas, all right. I believe that's a, throne, that's a light from the throne of God, ain't it? You ain't never seen nothing more beautiful than the Aurora Borealis, however they say that thing, have you? Uh, we remember going up to Manitoba and got a couple glimpses. Man, I tell you what, it has to be heaven peeking through. Uh, verse 10, he compassed the waters with bounds until the day and night come to an end. The pillars of heaven tremble and are astonished at his reproof. He divideth the sea with his power, and by his understanding he smiteth through the proud. By his spirit he hath garnished the heavens. His hand hath formed the crooked serpent. 
Lo, these are parts of his ways, but how little a portion is heard of him, but the thunder of his power, who can understand? And that's those, uh, those people, that's what they hear when they hear that voice. They'll hear thunder. Look over at Psalm chapter 77. I'm telling you, this stuff is fantastic. We've got stunning the thunder and the voice of God and tying that thing into the rapture of the church. When he opens his mouth, it booms. And out we go. Look at Psalm uh, chapter 77. Now you notice it doesn't say that every eye shall see him. Why? Because that's the second advent. That's Revelation chapter 1 verse 7. But when the rapture takes place, you're going to hear a voice, which will be like thunder, which looks like the trump of God. And then the last trump, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and out we go. And then after that, you've got the voice of Michael, the archangel. He comes down, and everything gets ready for the tribulation period, and we're out of here like last year's fashion, just like that. I mean, the first one goes, right? Dead in Christ, rise first. The second one goes, we're out of here. And then all of a sudden, Michael the archangel shows up, just like that to inaugurate Daniel's 70th week, which is for Israel. Look at Psalm 77, 17. The Bible says the clouds poured out water. Now listen, I know some of this stuff's weighty, but if you love the Bible, you'll at least take a note on this thing. Now this stuff will give you enough stuff to study for a month of Sundays. The clouds poured out water. The sky sent out a sound. Thine arrows also went abroad. Look at 18. The voice of thy thunder was in the heaven. The lightnings lighted the world. The earth trembled and shook. All right, before we go any farther, you know, you know what that thunder is? That's the voice of God. The next time you hear that, he's saying something. And one of these days, he's going to sound off like that thing, and it's going to sound like a trumpet to you and me, and it's going to have your name attached to it. And it's going to say, come up hither. But those that are left here, they're going to be like, man, that's quite a storm we had. Where is everybody? That's what it's going to be like. Verse 19, thy way is in the sea, and thy path in the great waters. By the way, that's not the Mediterranean. That's not the Red Sea. That's not the Black Sea. That's not the Pacific Ocean. That's the great sea above your head. 100,000 times the Mediterranean. Thy way is in the sea and thy path in the great waters. Now they go over to Cape Carnival or Canaveral, however they call that thing, and they blast people off in outer space and they call them what? Astronauts. Astronaut. Nautical. That's a mariner's term, isn't it? You know why? Because above your head lies a great body of water. You say, how so? Well, didn't uh, Moses have to part the Red Sea? And that's why it's a type. Because one of these days when that, uh, the Lord gets us out of here, guess where we're going? We're going right through that great Red Sea. And you know what the fear is? There's a great dragon that lives in that sea because that dragon lives in the second heaven. And that's why the Lord comes down, the Lord, descends himself, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. Why? To make sure he don't take uh, that, that devil don't get us. He says, Thy way is in the sea, and thy path in great waters, and thy footsteps are not known. So what happens here is verse 20. Look at it now. Thou lettest thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. You see that? So just like the children of Israel went through the Red Sea, the Lord will divide that Red Sea above your head, and out you'll go. And guess what? Just like Pharaoh followed the children of Israel, guess who follows us? The devil follows us, but at that time, you know what happens to the old devil? The Lord casts the devil out of the second heaven. He comes right down to this earth. 
just like Pharaoh sank to the bottom of the Red Sea, the Lord takes the devil and busts him down here so he can't get up to you. Isn't that a blessing? <laughs> and the Lord intervenes and casts the devil down to this earth, and he stays down here just like Pharaoh stayed on the bottom of the sea. And we're up there with Christ, and the devil's down here on the earth, and he knows, the Bible says, that he hath but a little time. And his days are numbered at that point, buddy. And the people down here will say, hey, it thundered. Look at Isaiah 26. I'll show you another one. And this is real good just to look at and to consider as a Christian. Why? We're trying to give you some comfort. Now, this passage here in Isaiah 26 is probably second advent, but it's still worth looking at. Isaiah chapter 26, look at verse 16. Isaiah 26, 16, the Bible says, Lord, in trouble have they visited thee. They poured out a prayer when thy chastening was upon them, like as a woman with child that draweth near to the time of her delivery, is in pain and crieth out in her pangs. So have we been in thy sight, O Lord. We have been with child, we have been in pain, we have, as it were, brought forth wind, we have not wrought any deliverance in the earth, neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen. Thy dead men shall live together with my dead body shall they arise." Actually, that's probably a tribulation uh, resurrection that takes place, but you can apply it to the rapture. Look at this. It says next, Awake and sing, ye that what? Dwell in the dust. I don't know. You ever stop and think maybe we'll sing up on the way out of here? You ever stop and think that when, that, uh, when the Lord uh, gets us out of here at the rapture of the church, we'll sing all the way up to glory? It's <laughs> just something to think about. Just think, Awake and sing, ye that dwell in the dust. <laughs> Look at it, it says, For thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. There it is. And that matches up with what we're studying right here in 1 Thessalonians 4. The dead in Christ shall rise first. And of course, it'll happen again at the resurrection of the tribulation saints, as well as for the great white throne judgment. Look at verse 20 now. Isaiah 26, 20. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee, Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. There's tribulation, a rapture of people going out. 21, for behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth. That's second advent. For their iniquity, the earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. <clears throat> you want to know something that will really blow your mind now? Look at Isaiah chapter 27, verse 1. After this rapture takes place, in Isaiah 26, who shows up in Isaiah 27, 1? Leviathan. You see that? That's the devil. That's the great dragon. He shows up when? After the people are raptured. After that resurrection. You see that? In that day, the Lord with this sore and great and strong sword shall punish Leviathan, that piercing serpent, even Leviathan, that crooked serpent, and he shall slay the dragon. That is in the sea. And that's the devil, Leviathan. He shows up. So when the rapture takes place, you're going to hear a voice. And that voice in the Bible is likened unto thunder. And those things have taken place uh, in type in the past. And then Michael the archangel shows up. That's uh, Daniel chapter 12. And that means the tribulation is then going to get started when? After we're gone. And now let me give you something to try to encourage you for a second. Look at Song of Solomon chapter 2. Song of Solomon, chapter 2. Now that Bible says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. And I'm going to tell you what, church folk, I love you and I love this Bible, and I will forever be a student of this book. 
The moment that I try to become the teacher is the moment the Lord will shut the light off for me and he'll shut it off for you. Notice this thing. Let me give you this from the Song of Solomon chapter 2 and try to encourage you a little bit and get you fired up. You say you're going to try to fire us up? I do my best. Song of Solomon chapter 2 verse 8. The Bible says, The voice of my beloved. Remember we just talked about that voice, right? Behold, he cometh, leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. My beloved is like a roe or a young heart. Behold, he standeth behind our wall. He looketh forth at the windows. Do you see that? There's windows in heaven. And you know that from studying the book of Kings. Amen? You didn't need Bill Gates to prove to you that windows is a real thing, right? Some of you doubt that. Okay. But here's the good part. Look what he says. He looketh forth at the windows, showing himself through the lattice. Wouldn't it be something else to see Jesus Christ through the lattice? (laughs) I mean, to see Jesus Christ through those lacy clouds before he speaks? I'm just, just something to think about. Uh, verse 10, My beloved spake, and he said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. If the winter's over and the rain's past, what season is it? Springtime. Maybe about May, maybe May 21st or the 24th possibly. And wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something? Just before the rapture is about ready to happen, you're driving down the road, about like this. You look out there through your car window. You look up through that lattice, those lacy clouds, and you see Jesus Christ up there stepping up. He's about ready to speak. Wouldn't it be something to see him before he speaks your name and says, come up hither? He said, I don't believe that. Help yourself. Wouldn't it be something to see him through the lattice before he speaks your name and you're out of here? And then we'll let everyone hear, oh, hell breaks loose on this earth. Man, they can deal with it. They can have it all, man. I'm out of here. And that sure would be something. Before he ever shouts at you, maybe, possibly, I'm not creating a new doctrine, but maybe, possibly, you just get a glimpse of him as he stands there looking through the lattice. So at the rapture of the church in 1 Thessalonians 4.16, we know this. The Lord himself, he descends from heaven. He comes down himself. He ain't going to send anybody else. Amen. He's going to come get you personally. He doesn't have anyone come and get his bride but him, and he'll come down with a shout. And when he shouts, he'll shout your name. You'll hear your name called, Revelation 4.1 and John 10. And when you get called out, the dead in Christ rise first, and then you'll gather with him, there may be a brief interval between the dead rising and those that are alive being caught up together. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, the order, however, is clear. The dead go up first. Now, that's not the Baptists, even though a lot of Baptists are dead, amen. But the dead in Christ, you're supposed to laugh at that. And then we go up with Jesus Christ forever and ever. And then the people down here, you know what they'll say? It thundered. Some kind of storm we had there. Why? Wow, that's the voice of God. And they can figure out all that mess that takes place. Now, look at verse 17, 1 Thessalonians 4, 17. The Bible says, And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, listen. The only treasures on this earth right now is not the gold standard. It's not the Rockefellers. It's not the Bilderbergers. The only treasure on this earth right now are Christians. I'm not talking about positive thinking. I'm talking about telling you the truth. 
Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God, not of us. You know why it's a treasure? Because Jesus Christ is inside of each saved individual. The only thing worth anything in this earth is Christians because Jesus Christ resides inside of them. I mean, I understand we have the Bible, but what the Lord does is He comes down here to this earth like a thief in the night, and the Lord breaks into the devil's house, and since we're the Lord's treasure, the Lord steals all of His treasure out of the house. Just like that. Just like that. All the treasure, anything that's worth anything in this world is gone. And let me tell you what, anything that's worth anything at all will be taken out at the rapture. Right now, if I were to drop dead, the devil would take my body and stick it in the ground. It would rot. And Jesus Christ wants to take this body, this thing right here, and when he comes back, he's going to give it a new one. And verse 17 says, We shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. And that sure will be a sight to see, won't it? You old timers, uh, there's going to be a meeting in the air. You heard that song? Don't sing too many of them old songs anymore, do we? It's like our, as Bible believers, I'm, I'm critical of our own group. And so I don't like that. Well, you need to get critical of yourself because you trust yourself too much. But uh, it's like we're so doctrinally correct and we're so doctrinally sound, we don't have any practical wisdom that's worth anything. The old timers are saying there's going to be a meeting in the air. And we're going to have quite a meeting in the air. We shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. And... Uh, I don't know. You say, what that what is that going to be like? Maybe just a quick hello. Everybody up there, like, like hovering about 30,000 feet, and there's like, you know, 9 billion people, or however many people that are saved from Calvary forward, right? Wouldn't that be something to see your loved ones just for a split second? And your loved ones go, oh, you were saved too? <laughs> I had no idea, but what a blessing. <laughs> Can you imagine that? I mean, shooting up there and all you have is uh, memories of grandpa. Maybe just a quick hello to all of our loved ones before we blast up to the third heaven and then all get to go up to be with the Lord forever. Amen. Never separated from the Lord ever again. All your troubles gone. All your heartaches forever settled. I mean, I get the judgment seat of Christ, but I don't... When he speaks your name and you're coming up hither, man, everyone meeting up in the middle of the air there. <sighs> Goodbye, world. First Thessalonians 4.18, the Bible says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now listen, the teaching of the rapture of the church ought to be a comforting thing. It ought to be a comforting thing to you. We should teach it on a regular basis. And I think, unfortunately, in our, our Christianity, we, we don't teach about the rapture of the church. Like we should. Telling people about the rapture is a comfort. It's a comfort to me. And you say, well, yeah, you're always an emotional wreck. I'll tell you, I think about getting out of here, man. It thrills my soul. Ain't nothing better in the world than getting out of here tonight. And all through the book of 1 Thessalonians, the life of the Christian, as you've seen it so far, it's full of troubles, it's full of trials, it's full of difficulties, it's full of disappointments. And what a better way to get comforted about your life is to remember that Jesus Christ will not leave you here. And this life, this Christian life for these Thessalonians has been a constant battle. It's been a constant fight. And there's nothing that does a Christian any more good when he realizes, think about it, when you finally realize that you can't take matters into your own hands, and when you finally realize that you can't control anything going around you, 
is to be reminded about the rapture of the church. When you finally realize that this world is not your home, you've tried to make it your home and you've done the best you can to get along with people and your friends and your family, you thought and think how many of them have actually deserted you because you're trying to serve Jesus Christ. But then you start talking about the rapture and the reality of getting out of here. Man, that's ought to be, be a real comfort to you. And uh, one day we'll be delivered from this present evil world. You think about it. If you can get an opportunity and go down to the nursing home, I don't know how easy or how hard to get, it in, uh, get in there anymore since COVID and all that stuff. You know what you're going to find? You'll find in every nursing home, you'll find just a little handful of Christians. They're all riddled up with disease and all bound up with arthritis and some got the onsets of dementia. You know what's good for you to do? Just go tell them old saints that, hey, not too much longer. Not too much longer we're going home. Wouldn't it be good to go tell some of them folks, hey, pretty soon all your troubles are over. Don't you suppose they'd like some comfort? I tell you what, you get in there, you'd be wishing that some Bible-believing, you know, someone would be all full of the Spirit of God come down there and tell you about Jesus coming back. If you ever get to that place, you sure want someone there. Some sweet child of God come by and tell you that, you know, about the rapture, about His soon appearing. Every one of us here tonight has got loved ones that have gone on before us. It's going to be something else to meet them in the air. Be reunited with grandma and grandpa, aunts and uncles, all the loved ones who are saved. It's going to be a time. I've tried, I've tried to think about it. And I'm excited to see loved ones. I'm excited to get a brand new body. I'm excited to get out of this wicked old world. I'm not just preaching. I actually mean that. <laughs> but I'm even more excited to see Jesus Christ. The one who died for me. The one who made it possible. Just to think, he says, wherefore comfort one another with these words. Man, it ought to comfort your soul tonight to know that one day you're going to be raptured out of here. Amen. You think that can get you down the road for at least till Wednesday? <laughs> well, Paul tells us that that's what we're supposed to do. We are supposed to comfort one another with these words. And I hope, I know we looked at a lot of scripture tonight, a lot of scripture, and trying to tie some things together and trying to make some uh, surmising and, and, and things without correcting the Word of God. But I'm telling you, I sure am looking forward to getting out of here. And I'll tell you what, Christian, live your life with the rapture and the judgment seat of Christ in view. And it'll keep you going. Why don't you stand? Wherefore, comfort one another with these words.